Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. everyone and welcome to midday super talk mississippi i'm your host gerard gibbert and i'm on location today at corner market in hattiesburg mississippi rhino safe and sound tucked into the producers a suite back at uh, super talk headquarters we'll be guiding you through the middle of your day with facts fodder and fine music on this it's friday y'all <laughs> we're here at Corner Market on Hardy Street. Come on by and see us, folks. We're here for a toy drive, promoting a toy drive for Homes for Hope for Children. We've got Tony Mozingo joining us in the next segment, the director of Homes of Hope. And then Mike Salton, the chief operating officer of the Roberts Company. They're the folks, the parent company of Corner Market. Melissa Saucier and Becky Dickerson, owner of Mississippi Made and More, and Keith Coe, uh, marketing specialist, is what Becky Dickerson's role is with Keith Coe and Mississippi Made and More. And then Chad Hill, vice president and branch manager of Citizens Bank. That'll be at 1150. Missy McGee, a member of the Mississippi House of Representatives, represents District 102, which incorporates Forest and Lamar counties, where we are. She serves as the Vice Chair of Public Health and Human Services in the House. Toby Barker, the mayor of the hub city of Hattiesburg, will join us at 1235. And then again, Mike Souten, Chief Operating Officer of Roberts Company, Inc. They're the parent company of the corner market. So, uh, a lot of news from across uh, these United States. News also here at home in the great state of Mississippi. You know, we talked a couple of days ago, Rhino, about this satanic display (laughs) in the capital of Iowa. The Iowa State Capitol features a display of the pagan idol Baphomet, and they had, a, uh, I guess, a, a little ceremony, if you could call it that, conducted by the satanic cult in uh, the local area there in Iowa. Well, there is now a bit of a connection to the state of Mississippi has this satanic cult display, and that is Michael Cassidy of Lauderdale, Mississippi. You may recall, folks, Mr. Cassidy was a candidate 
for Mississippi's third congressional district. He challenged incumbent Congressman Michael Guest in the last cycle in 2022. Well, Mr. Cassidy, it turns out, has been charged with fourth-degree criminal mischief yesterday. This is according to the Iowa Department of Public Safety because he essentially decapitated this pagan idol and uh, committed some vandalism, if you will, and property destruction of, of this uh, satanic display in the Iowa Capitol. He posted this on X, uh, his, his actions there. He also posted on X the social media site formerly known as Twitter, though Rhino admonishes me every time I say that. He says it's still Twitter. <laughs> he has thanked folks for their support, has Mr. Cassidy. He said the campaign raised enough money in just a couple of hours. Huh? DeSantis said on X he would contribute to the campaign. So this is a crowdfunding campaign, by the way. I should should um, yeah for his legal fees out. yeah for his legal fees this is not a political campaign I got a little ahead of myself there so it it raised its target of twenty thousand dollars some donors included conservative campaign group Turning Point USA which also gave ten thousand dollars this seems to be kind of a trend does it not Rhino in, in the country is you you go. Uh, commit some illegal act, and then you go out to these crowdfunding sites and raise money to to uh, fund your defense once charged. So this is kind of interesting that uh, Miss Mr. Cassidy, who again ran for Mississippi's third congressional district in 2022, he's a uh, Navy pilot. He says he's a con Christian conservative who loves our nation. Is and is committed to preserving the blessings of liberty bestowed upon us by the founding generation. That's on his campaign website, of course, his political campaign website. But kind of a, an, an oddity. I didn't really expect that we'd be talking about someone from the great state of Mississippi, and in this case a former candidate for political office traveling to Iowa uh, to essentially vandalize this satanic display. Now, interesting news for sure. This this came out late yesterday. We'll see where all this goes. I, I you know that a lot of folks may think that this was a uh, just a stunt to gain some notice politically. CC in Senatobia on the ceasefire text line says, oh, it's definitely political, too. Glad a Satan statue was destroyed, but that was absolutely a, a political stunt. Well, I, I guess it could be. I mean, I think it's, it's a reasonable estimation, but at this point, I've not seen that he's filed to run Mr. Cassidy for any uh, political offices. Of course, if he intends to challenge Michael Guest again for that congressional seat, he'd have to file what we figured out, Rhino, by January the 12th, right? To, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think 60 days in advance of the primary, which is March. It's early this year, so we'll see what happens. Interesting story for sure. Something else is kind of interesting up there in Washington, talking about ceremonies. How about Jill Biden's rather bizarre Hunger Games White House Christmas video 
Did you see this nonsense? It was a two-and-a-half-minute clip of the New York tap, City Tap Company Dorrance Dance's take on Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn's interpretation of Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker Suite. But it was some kind of weird, it was totally bizarre. There were dancers, young, looked like young dancers that had these elaborate headdresses on. They were tapping their way about in the White House. Very colorful, very artistic. <laughs> the First Lady said it contained magic, wonder, and joy. But here's the thing. It, it really had no theme attached to Christmas. I, I couldn't tell or see that there was anything that kind of inspired the Christmas spirit, made you feel Christmassy, if you will. This is just bizarre. Nothing patriotic about it. But it turns out that this group, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, a leftist activist group that calls for, supports BLM and calls for uh, defunding of the police and, and, and just supports all sorts of, of other leftist causes. I just don't know. I'm looking at a still photo of it. It's just totally crazy. Uh, these, <laughs> some wondered out in social media, commented, were there mind-altering substances <laughs> involved in this production? Some referencing, maybe they got a hold of the bag of cocaine found in the West Wing <laughs> over the summer. One jokester stated, looks like the White House switched from cocaine to acid. <laughs> Unbelievable. It, it's always just got to be something that's non-traditional. I mean, that's the, the goal, is it not, of, of all of these sorts of uh, leftist activities and events. And I'm including the first lady in the category of leftist. Just always got to do something that you scratch your head and say, that doesn't look anything like Christmas. What was that all about? What's the, what's the purpose of that other than just to poke you in the eye? You being you traditionalist that would prefer to see some sort of ceremony, celebration, event in the White House that had a little bit more of a Christmas theme to it than that kind of nonsense. Unbelievable. Just just can't let it go, I guess. But you ought to go check it out, folks. It truly is crazy. First Lady Jill Biden with a bizarre uh, video. We got a packed show uh, with respect to guests today, but we'll have some time to talk about the latest polls comparing President Joe Biden to former President Donald Trump. Let's just say it's looking even worse for the current president. I really think somebody is going to persuade him to exit the race. When we come back, it's Tony Mazingo, director of Homes of Hope for Children. We're at the Corner Market in Hattiesburg, Mississippi on Hardy Street for the annual toy drive for the Homes of Hope. Please stay with us. We're coming right back. To that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. 
Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays. We are live today at Corner Market on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're here to support Homes of Hope. We're looking for toys. Bring them on by. We welcome to the program now Tony Mazingo, Director of Homes of Hope for Children. Tony, good to see you. Jeremy Nunley. Oh, Jeremy Gerard Gibbert. Sorry. I remember you last year. Well, that's who they got. That's who they got on my schedule. I, that's why that, I was saying, where's Tony? Because I, I knew you weren't him. So, um, all right. So, Jeremy. Yeah, Tony, uh, that's big shoes to fill. Well, uh, that's who we had scheduled, but uh, you're perfect. So, we're glad you're here. So, tell us about uh, the Homes of Hope first. Our mission is, is real simple. We take kids uh, out of bad situations that are just good kids and give them an opportunity to see what a Christian home looks like. Uh, we like me and my wife are house parents. We've been at Homes of Hope now a uh, little over a year, uh, and we have had some some great great times with our. We have a girls' house and just raising these kids and being their house mom, house dad. Uh, it's a full time job, and we just it's just a, it's just such a blessing to be able to impact them in the ways that we do on a daily basis. Uh, tell us, Jeremy, what exactly it means to be. A house parent. What does that mean exactly? What it means is just like all the other moms and dads out there that are just going through the busyness of life and raising kids, that's exactly what we're doing. We take these kids in and give them a true home uh, where we, we get up and cook breakfast in the mornings. We have time around the table before they go to school and just uh, have time where we earn scripture. We pray together. We send them out to school. We're active, involved in every aspect of their life. Uh, we went to Christmas parties this morning before we came here, and hmm. uh, and we just we just do life together. Uh, it's just like having a house full of your own kids at Homes of Hope. What inspired you to, to become a house parent? Really and truly, God led us. I was in uh, full-time vocational ministry for 17 years prior to coming, uh, and just really felt God lead and told, telling me it was time to. Uh, just stay in ministry just on the other side of things where we're in the home uh, 24-7 uh, having an impact where we can just truly uh, mentor and kind of direct and guide these kids into successful adulthood yeah. and so it was really God-led and God has been there every step of the way uh, there's challenges and things every day with the kids that we have, uh, but at the end of the day, it's so rewarding uh, to really just be there for them through those good times, through those bad times, through the difficult times. It's just it's just such a blessing to be able to truly raise these kids and and parent them. Do you ever think sometimes, Jeremy? You know, what if you you hadn't come into their lives? What if it had taken a different path, and and they would not have had that mentorship, that parenting, that guidance? Uh, we've looked at it in the past, like where would they be? And I really believe that uh, a lot of these kids ultimately would be on the same path as to the direction that the homes and the environment that they came out of. You've, you've heard of being a product of your environment and, and to an extent I think that that is true uh, and so we have the opportunity to really break that generational curse. Show them 
the the path that that they should take uh and as scripture says train up a child in the way that they should go and that's our that's our daily goal our mission uh as house parents is to really just train up these children in the way that they should go uh and you know be with them and and just mentor that we live that out in front of them it's not just this is what you should do because I'm telling you to do it. This is how you should do it because we're modeling that and we're showing you what it looks like and, and the fruit and the, 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 the blessings that you get from, you know, choosing a different path. So how exactly do you get connected to them? How do they come under your care through Homes of Hope? How does that work? There's, there's several different ways that, that they come to us. Uh, sometimes we get kids uh, that are just uh, pulled out of just really bad environments through CPS or uh, child protective child services. Protective services or uh, we've had phone calls to where parents uh, just know that they need a helping hand uh, and say, you know, we're doing our best or I'm doing my best and it's just not a, it's not good enough for the kids. You know, we're desperate need. Uh, is there, you know, a place for them in, in your ministry and we've taken those kids in and given them that home uh, given them that stability given them that uh, that that parenting and that guidance that that they need and it's hard for the parents to come to that point to say I just need a little extra help yeah. and we're just we're open and available to families in crisis that really need that extra helping hand and, and that's that's what we do day in and day out for the kids in, in this community well i hadn't thought about that so there are situations where the parents themselves will actually come forward and say we we need help absolutely uh and we it's got to be hard we, for them it does it, it, you have to get to a place to where uh you just really want the best for your kid and know that what you're doing and what you're able to do at the time is just not enough. And yeah. we're there to kind of fill that gap. Uh, and the, the, the great part about our ministry is that we don't just take these kids and what we also help to kind of correct some of the things that the parents may have done in the past we, we we're there for them as well helping them you know learn how to parent learn how to yeah. provide give them time to get back on their feet and get reestablished in life to really give it a good shot so. you ever have situations where uh, children particularly when they're kind of at the rebellious stage in their life they're 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 a bit defiant and, and you have to kind of guide and work through that Oh, absolutely. Uh, that that's that comes with the territory, um, and for for us, the the way that we handle it, me and my wife, um, is that we understand why they're being defiant. We understand why they're pushing away or pushing against some of the things that that we want. And our our mentality is just love them through it. We know where they are, what they what they've been through, uh, and no matter how hard they push us away. They know that we're still there, uh, and that's how we've torn down several of the walls that that were built up. You know, when we came in, and uh, some of the kids that have come into our care since. You know, we just love them through it. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's the same situation natural parents have, of course, Absolutely. with their children, and, and they have to work through that and and try to stay with it, and like you said, and love them through it, and redirect them, get them on the right path. How important is Homes of Hope? Uh, just with respect to their their mission and their purpose to to deal with this situation we we you know we're equipped um, to to be able to do that uh, one of the the challenges of of you know raising kids and raising a family is that you know life 
gets in the way. You know, mom and dads have to, to work to provide. And uh, with us, we do that with 10 kids in the, in the home, uh, so it does get busy. Uh, but where the mission of Homes of Hope really helps is that uh, through the, the kindness and the generosity of this community, uh, the parents that are at Homes of Hope that have these 10 kids in crisis are able to make that their full-time mission, They're, that you know, we have the, the availability to really connect and to to mentor these kids on a full-time basis. Uh, what we do is really uh, is a 24-7 yeah. job. I mean, yeah. it's just like having kids of your own, you sure. know. Uh, those 3 o'clock in the morning wake-ups, you know, happen. It's just... Uh, we're just available and I think that's where the the, the big thing for us is that uh, we're blessed and fortunate enough to be able to do this full-time and the Roberts company has been very generous in their support of absolutely. Homes of Hope. absolutely and that's really what the organization relies on Mm-hmm. Uh, we are uh, we, we take no federal state funds uh, so we truly rely on all of our all of our supporters and donors uh, to to operate yeah uh, and we're one of the, the the most of our like the donations and things go straight directly to the care of the children uh, we don't have a lot of overhead we have no debt we have you know and we're, we're blessed to be able to focus on the mission of these kids how long have you and your wife been house parents and do you think you'll keep doing this for a while we started uh, in October uh, of last year uh, so just over a year now right. uh, this is our second holiday season with Homes of Hope uh, and me and my wife have both said that as long as the Lord will let us be here we we are here we have kids right now that are in our home uh, that are in the fourth grade that we would love to be at their graduation and wedding one day that's uh, awesome we, we are just totally committed uh, to the the mission at Homes of Hope. Well, you're um, certainly, um, we thank you for, for um, serving in that role and you're an inspiration to us all and really a, a model for what goodness and kindness is all about. Our children are our most precious resources and we, if we can get them on the right path at a young age, uh, there is hope uh, for them to be, as you said, productive, successful adults. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you. Yep. We're stepping aside for a break, folks. We're in the Element Well studio today down at Corner Market for the toy drive for Homes of Hope. Corner Market on Hardy Street, Midtown. Come by and see us. We're, we're coming right back. Pretty people, pretty ribbons are Oh, pretty people, pretty ribbons With Gerard Gibbert. Welcome, welcome to our shop on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one. The old log is burning, yellow and red. Small eyes are fighting that old sleepy head. Stockings are filled while stories of goodwill. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays. We're live at the Corner Market on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. That's for the toy drive for Homes of Hope. We want to recognize our sponsors, of course, the Corner Market, the 
Roberts Company, Inc., the parent company of the Corner Market. Also, the Citizens Bank of Philadelphia, Parish Tractor Company, and Mississippi Made and More. We thank them so much for sponsoring today's uh, broadcast and also for their generosity to Homes of Hope. Greg and Newton, I'm assuming, Greg, that you watched <laughs> the Jill Biden. I can't call it a Christmas video. I don't even know how to describe it. What would be the proper adjective other than bizarre, Rhino, to describe that video? Because it's anything but Christmas. Typical it's liberal, attention-seeking performance. <laughs> okay. I, I'm down for that. Greg and Newton says the video in our house looks like what it is, trashy. I think I got that right. I just did a little peeking into, uh, Rhino, this organization from which the dancers came, the, the folks that put all this uh, ceremony, if you could call it that, together, an avant-garde lap dance <laughs> performance, um, this group, I, I believe, is, in fact, this Dorance Dances Dorance Dance. It's a New York City tap company, Dorance Dance. In just a little peeking, it looks like they are left-wing activists. I mean, card-carrying BLM supporters and defund the police and gender ideology nuts and climate change zealots. Uh, again, as we've said so many times, uh, those are the three pillars of the modern Democrat Party. Climate, race, and gender. What the heck would they do without that? It's all about that. Unbelievable. It was um, just a crazy dystopian type video. I guess old Jill Biden is proud of it, though. Someone on uh, Twitter said, How utterly tacky, tasteless, and anti-in-caps Christmas and went on to say Melania, Melania Trump, of course, when she was the nation's first lady, was uh, her video was tasteful, seasonal, appealed to everyone, and was absolutely breathtaking and gorgeous. I agree. I mean, it's, it's a stark contrast between the two. One of them is just normal, if you will. The one commissioned by Melania Trump and the other... That was a product of First Lady Jill Biden was anything but normal. But, of course, they don't do anything that's normal. Anything mainstream is, is just taboo. They, they abstain from anything mainstream. Oh, that would mean that they're supportive of just normal people, I guess, in this country. Any, any sort of overt or outward or obvious support of... Anything Christian, they stay away from. That's sad. It's Christmas. That means Christian Christmas, Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing here, celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Thus, Christmas music, Christmas theme, Christmas symbols. Oh, my gosh. Like Things like, you know, nativity scenes. That's like radical. So upside down. We have uh, spoken a lot on the show about this crazy, despicable testimony last week by the three presidents of these uh, elite, but we no longer call them elite, 
universities, their description. It's expensive. MIT, Harvard, and University of Pennsylvania. And I've come to the conclusion that those people are the most bigoted in society. This, this whole DEI movement is, is honestly more segregationist and in nature and uh, more biased than, than any other group in our country. It, it's, uh, it's, in, it's become ingrained in those groups. Well, you remember the Black Lives Matter activists that stole money from BLM, like 10 million bucks in donations. A lawsuit was filed against those BLM leaders who absconded with the cash. Well, now we learn that the former, now, Facebook diversity head has pled guilty to stealing millions of dollars in a kickback scheme and is being pursued by the Department of Justice. Barbara Furlow Smiles, 38, served as the head of the organization Facebook's DEI department, if you will. And so this is their title. Right away, all these people have these titles that take about 40 words to describe them. Why can't they just call them something short and sweet and simple? Global Head of Employee Resource Groups and Diversity Engagement. What does that mean? <laughs> so essentially, she was the head of Facebook's DEI program responsible for developing and executing DEI initiatives, operations, and engagement programs, whatever the heck that means. So she defrauded vendors and Facebook employees and uh, did a little work behind the scenes to reroute money transfers via PayPal, Venmo, and other cash app tools that uh, use credit cards. She rerouted this to pay friends, relatives, former interns at a prior job nannies, babysitters, a hairstylist, and others for goods and services that were never actually provided to the company. Not really sure if any of the associates are being charged um, in connection with this fraud, but it's a shakedown. It's, it seems like we find a, a higher incidence of impropriety and illegal wrongdoing among this DE, this vast DEI hoax is really what it is. Seems that it occurs more within those circles than it does in just society at large. On the ceasefire text line, why was the guy in blue suit imitating shooting a rifle on one knee toward the end of that video? I don't know. It is crazy. Like I said, it's dystopian. And, and in my view, does it represent one iota, the spirit or the theme of Christmas? I, I couldn't couldn't get anything out, uh, out of that uh, that would suggest it. Yeah, Derek in Greenwood uh, informs Harvard is taking da the menorah down at night to avoid bad optics if it's vandalized. How about now not allowing vandalism? And I agree, Derek, and that's that sort of activity, that sort of behavior, that crosses the line. That's not free speech. When you start destroying property, property you don't 
rightfully owned, you're, you're acting not only illegally, but of course your conduct violates. It should easily violate codes of conduct standards that have been implemented in, by these august universities, but I guess apparently they consider that free speech. You have to contextualize it. Well, vandalism is only prosecuted if you belong to one party. It's celebrated if you're from another party. That is so true. It's ridiculous. And I'll say this. With respect to Mr. Cassidy's destruction of the the uh, the Satan display at the Iowa Capitol, I, I think it's abhorrent. I think the display is ridiculous. I think it's abhorrent. And I don't think it has any place in the Capitol, though I, I do respect one's right, if they're stupid enough, to have some sort of obsession with Satan. I guess I would have to say it's okay to have a satanic display in the Capitol as long as you're not prohibiting a Christian display. That's the problem, as you point out. It's always in one direction. There's always a double standard. And as much as I'd like to have the thing taken down, I don't think that it makes sense to engage in destruction of property and essentially break law. Yeah, but those are the rules goal. as written by the activists and sanctioned by the left. I totally if, agree with if you. If as they few say as okay. one tiny little group doesn't like a public display, it should be removed. I, I agree. That's I, the way I, the I, left looks at it. I hearken back to the BLM activists. You remember the young black lady that was saying, if they're stealing Gucci purses and and uh, taking other merchandise from these stores, well, that's just reparations. That's okay. We justify that. We excuse that. That's not breaking the law. So this is what happens, you nutcase leftists. Like Marino said, you're the ones who have anointed yourselves as the all-powerful and have created these double standards. Now deal with it. Live with it. I just don't think you should break the law. I could never condone and support that. We're coming right back with more. We've got Mike Souden, the COO of Roberts Company, joining us next in the, in the Element Well studio at Corner Market. Covering the stories that matter most to Mississippians. Gerard Gibbert, Middays with Gerard, Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays. The Element Well Studio relocated today to Corner Market on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We once again want to recognize our sponsors for today's remote. The Corner Market, of course, the Citizens Bank of Philadelphia, Parish Tractor Company, and Mississippi Made and More. We're pleased to welcome Mike Salden, the Chief Operating Officer of the Roberts Company, the parent company of Corner Market. Mike, always good to see you, sir. It's great to be here, and th we're glad y'all are here again this year. This is an annual event, and we look forward to it. We're glad to be here as well. Uh, the Roberts Company, Corner Market, so generous with the uh, Homes of Hope. 
the need, as you know, is great, especially around the holidays. Absolutely. What what a great what a great thing to, to give back to in the community here. I'll tell you, they're they're unbelievable. They never fail to come out and support these kids, and it's it's just a great thing to be a part of. Yeah, and we're we're trying to collect toys. That's what it's all about today. It's a toy drive. We got uh, big boxes set up right inside the doors here at Corner Market. Hardy Street, come on by, bring a toy, do some shopping, see some folks. We'd love to have you down and, and come uh, meet the Super Talk team. We're here as well. Got Absolutely. Scary Gary here. <laughs> it would be a great great time to come down here. And I'll tell you, if you've ever had a chance, I had a chance to meet these kids. And they're just, it, it, it'll, 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 it'll touch your heart. So, I mean, please come down and get some toys for these kids. They deserve it. We just had one of the house parents, uh, Jeremy, on the program, he and his wife. And, and I asked him how long he'd, he'd been serving his house parents, he and his wife. He said started in October, just a little over a year. And I asked him, do you expect that you will continue to serve in this regard? And he said absolutely, that yeah. he, he, he hopes he's uh, able to uh, be there for the uh, the weddings and, and, and the future events for these kids that uh, – that they've taken into their home and mentored. It's so it, important. It's incredible. I tell this story every year, but we, we host their Christmas dinner and their Thanksgiving dinner and their Easter dinner. We let the kids come and just pick what they want, and I've never seen kids get so excited over fresh strawberries. Unbelievable. It's just, you know, it just, you just sit back and say, my gosh, you know, I mean, how lucky are we, and, you know, we, we, need, to, we need to step up and help these kids. Well, and, and God bless the house parents. Oh, oh man. my goodness gracious. That is a calling. Fantastic people. And, and gosh, you, you know that every one of the kids that they take in and that they serve as house parents for, every one of those is going to be set on the right path. Absolutely. And you just wonder, what if they weren't doing that? You know, what path would their young lives have taken? And, and then they struggle as adults. Yeah. But in this situation, when you get them on the right path, you can pretty much rest assured and have a high degree of confidence they're going to be successful, productive adults who contribute to society and, and and they'll likely will pass on that generosity when they're adults i believe that as well i believe that beating those young those young people it was it was it was humbling it really was so yeah i believe that as well great calls let's talk about the store as always i'm i'm so impressed when i come in you you got the place looking great you're well stocked everything's so so tidy and neat and your folks are so uh, so kind and and uh just a, a pleasure to interact with and this is big time for you in the big time time of year for uh, for sales. And, gosh, I'm already impressed with the number of people who come through the doors of shopping. This, this is our time of year. This is this is what we all year long leads up to this, uh, these next this next couple of weeks. And we get excited about it. And you, you said it earlier, it's our people. That is what makes a difference. That's what separates. We're blessed to have the people that we have. We're so lucky. Can't do it without them. But, no. but I, I watch them. You know, we're not too far from the checkout here and, and of course, the – uh, the kitchen, the deli, and I, I watch them interact with the customers, and and you can just see it. Uh, they're they're inspired. They they are are happy about uh, who they work for and their and the culture, uh, the overall environment, and and that bleeds through as they interact with your customers, and that's what keeps them coming back. <laughs> Absolutely, well, we want them to have fun at work. Yeah, you know, you're you're at work more than you're at home most of the time, and come in here and have fun enjoy being with the customers enjoy serving the customers and and it just you can already feel it in here it's starting to get really really exciting and festive and what what a great what a great place to be for the holidays i just love it 
Well, I walked around the store a bit before we went on the air, and it looks like you're you're fully stocked. Everything looks good, right? We're ready. Yeah, the, the, the supply chain things of the past, that's in the past. We've got it. You need it. We've got it. We will be stocked and ready to go. And it's like I said, it's just our time. It really is our time to shine, and, and we get real excited about this time of year. No doubt about it. Uh, but more importantly, we're here today uh, for Homes of Hope, and we want folks to come out. And uh, while they're shopping, bring a toy by for our, our toy drive. It's very important for these Please kids. Please do. Please yeah. do. These kids are, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Mike, as always, man, we appreciate you coming on. Appreciate the Roberts Company's uh, generosity. And uh, thank you for including us on this day. Appreciate it. We love it. having you here. It's our pleasure. We're coming right back, folks. It's the top of the hour. That means Fox News, Super Talk News is coming your way. When we come back, it's Melissa Soche with the uh, owner of Mississippi Made and More and Keith Coe and also Becky Dickerson, Mississippi Made and More marketing specialist. That's coming up next. Stay with us. talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Begin your transition now. Now on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Hour two of Middays. Once again, we are live at the Corner Market in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're here for Homes of Hope on this. Friday, y'all. We welcome to the program now Melissa Soche, owner of Mississippi Made and More and Keith Co. Well, Melissa, good to see you again. Thanks Thank for coming you on. Thank you so much. I feel like I'm at home here. You know, we also own the Mickles Pickles, and they carry our pickles here. Okay. Yes. Mickles Pickles. Yes. <laughs> is that a separate company from the Mississippi Made and More? It is. Okay. It is. All right. Well, we, we should have had that in your credit there. That's well. right. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel right at home at the corner market. Um, you know, who wouldn't? We love shopping here. It's awesome, isn't it? It is absolutely amazing. Yeah. We finally got one up in my neck of the woods in central Mississippi, and uh, I'll travel a little bit uh, just to go there and shop because they just got so much stuff. They're so nice, always well-stocked, clean, really neat place. It is. One of my favorite things to do at the corner markets is to shop their uh, Mississippi-made sections. They have so many... Um, products that are made in Mississippi here, things you can't find anywhere else. And they're locally owned, and uh, my father is 81, and he loves to shop here <laughs> with ease. Well, tell us about Mississippi Made and More. What, what sort of products do, do you guys produce? Sure. So we house over 200 Mississippi vendors, everything from woodworks, pottery, soap, uh, jarred vegetables, jams, jellies, uh, candles, anything you can imagine made in Mississippi, and some unique items uh, that you just can't find anywhere else. We have one gentleman that 
he'll come in and pick up uh, photos of uh, places, churches, um, old barns, an old farmhouse, and he can take it and turn it into a silver platter for you with detail. Hmm. What inspired you to get into that? We started Mississippi Made sections in our key superstores yeah. and customers. You know, you just follow the demand and you pay attention to your hometown folks and what they like and what they need, what means a lot to them. They started asking for a bigger place to shop, Mississippi Made products, so we opened a storefront from there. We do a lot of gift baskets. I feel like that's something that's kind of been lost over the years is, is basketry. Yeah. And so right now we're right in the middle of our big corporate orders and family orders, gift baskets, sausage, cheese, uh, gifts, Mississippi-made products, just a one-place shop for anything and everything Mississippi. Yeah. You know, the gift baskets uh, just make so much sense when you're kind of scratching your head trying to figure out what to give someone as a nice, happy, a Christmas, happy, a gift. The gift, gift basket can't go wrong with that. That's right. And it, our store is also great for, uh, you know, the dad or the boss that you just don't know what to get or they already have everything. Um, we have a lot of items that are very unique that you cannot find anywhere else that are one of a kind, handmade. We pretty much have something for everyone of any age. So can uh, these be uh, obviously purchased via retail, but you can order online as well? You can. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi Made and More, msmadeandmore.com. Very cool. All right, so tell us about uh, Keithco. That, it seems like last time you and I talked, you, you guys had some expansion plans. You were a little hush-hush about that. It's, uh, I can understand why you would be, <laughs> but anything you can tell us going so on So since last year, we've opened up a new store in Long Beach and a new store at Brooklyn. Okay. And Brooklyn is our largest store. It's it's more like a mini grocery. Wow. And it's been wonderful for those folks in Brooklyn. They just didn't have much otherwise. And we catch a lot of folks going back and forth uh, from the coast. Uh, we have soft serve ice cream there and a huge deli. Neat. We've just really been embraced by the Brooklyn community. Do you see that as potentially being a, a model for future stores? We do. We do, and we've got uh, two other plots of land purchased in Mississippi, South Mississippi, where yeah. we'll be breaking ground this year. Yeah. Very excited about that. Right now, we're at 46 stores. 40, and most of those are in South Mississippi, right? They are. They are you are. thinking about moving a little north, east, or west? We um, are migrating into South Alabama a little bit. Uh, some more good hometown folks that way. Um, that's pretty much our only venture. Okay. Outside of Mississippi right now. I, I recall you mentioning that last year. That was kind of on your radar, thinking about doing that. How, how's business been? Business has been wonderful. We had a flagship year last year, and we just can't thank our customers and our, our hometowns. You know, each one of our stores uh, just represents so much in those hometowns, and we're just so happy that we can provide everything that we have in our store and a, a good hometown feel in each one of our stores in those communities and we're able to support so many ball teams and churches and yeah. children's organizations like the homes of hope yeah yeah so that's what i was going to ask you about it's homes of hope uh what a great organization mm -hmm. that uh, that is and and such critical mm -hmm. needed valuable service they provide and and of course as you know they rely solely on on private funding they don't receive any any public funding so it it is important 
the great organizations uh, such as, as yours and, of course, Corner Market and these others um, are generous in their in their donations uh, to Homes of Hope so they can execute their mission. Mm -hmm. Without, you know, folks like us and Corner Market and, you know, monthly donors, Keith and I have been a monthly donor with Homes of Hope for many years now. That is how they're funded and that is how they operate. In speaking with the house parents here today, I learned that they now house 18 children, uh, three three houses, beautiful houses, just like you and I live in. Yeah. They go to school, they have activities, they play football, baseball. They do everything that, that my kids do. Keith and I have three children that are adopted, and it's it's a wonderful thing. We would take a baker's dozen if we could. Every, everything that we do, if you notice, uh, giving and charity-wise, has to do with the kids because they're our future. Yep. Most Homes, precious asset, no Yes, doubt. and Homes of Hope being privately funded, they're able to have a lot more flexibility in the court systems. And, you know, they hire their own attorneys to go, go to fight for those kids, to go to bat for them. And I just couldn't say enough about what they do they take in siblings. I think they have four sets of siblings now, and wow. there's a, a sister group that uh, they're looking at taking on um, possibly in the next few weeks. And to keep siblings together is so important for their growth and, uh, you know, just keeping their family together. Um, they raise those kids all the way through high school and college if that's what they choose to do. And then they have a transition program where they teach them life skills, how to keep a checkbook. Uh, how to how to live in the world, you know, and they go to Disney World and they go, we were just talking about the mountains, they take a trip to Pigeon Forge sometimes yearly and they do everything that our children do and to provide that normal home life and that love and support is so important to those children. You made a point that uh, is so important is, is when you have siblings and there's a possibility of, of them being split up, it's, it's devastating for them, especially when they're coming from a, a, a challenging home environment that, that put them in the situation to start with. It's traumatic and especially you know sometimes the older sibling they take it upon themselves to take care of right. their younger siblings and I you know just to think of them being separated is absolutely just heartbreaking. That's what the Homes of Hope does. Yeah. Helps keep them together, which is so important and, and likely changes the trajectory of their lives just because they're able to stay together. That's right. But they do rely on us for grocery support, um, you know, the activities, like I said, that they're able to do, and the toy drive, Christmas. That's what we're we here today for. We provide their Christmas. Yeah. We're, we're begging people to come in and give toys. Please. You know, buy some groceries, make a donation. It's a great time of the year to sign up if you're looking for a tax write-off or something to give to. Sign up to be a monthly donor or just make a one-time donation to their organization. At my store, we have already filled up our toy box twice. We've just had a great, great uh, turnout and support this year of our toy box and we're, we're just so thankful to everybody for that awesome. and the corner market here when when we fill up one drum we'll fill up another one <laughs> yeah. the kids are all ages they're accepting all all different kinds of toys just anything that's uh you know new in the box ollie's uh 
another locally owned business in town. They have discount toys, um, Hudson's, you know, it, it doesn't have to be something fancy or expensive. Anything just means the world to those kids. Absolutely. Good, generous people and uh, folks like you, uh, Corner Market and others is uh, what keeps Homes of Hope uh, thriving. And it's so important mm -hmm. that we that we help out those that are in need, especially during the holidays. So come on by and, and uh, bring a toy, folks. Do some grocery shopping. <laughs> like Melissa said, give a donation. Help us out. Appreciate you coming on, Melissa. And thanks Thank uh, you for so much. all your, your support, you and Key's support of, uh, in the community. And, and uh, best of luck in uh, the expansion of your business. I'm, Thank I'm you sure for we'll be having me. That. It is always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Folks, we're stepping aside for a break in the Elma Well Studio at Corner Market in Hattiesburg, Mississippi for Homes of Hope. Bring some toys down. Come by and see us. We're coming right back. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays. We're live at the Corner Market on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're here for Homes of Hope. We are looking for some toys. We got two big old baskets, uh, boxes, I should say, and a barrel set up here waiting for you to bring those toys by. We need them uh, for the Homes of Hope for children. Have something for the holiday season really would be appreciated we recognize again our sponsors the corner market of course the citizens bank of philadelphia parish tractor company and mississippi made and more we just of course heard from melissa associate owner of mississippi made and more and keith co we appreciate melissa and keith's generosity appreciate melissa coming by and telling us about their uh, their business, their Mississippi Made and More and Keith Co. and their future plans a bit touched on that, and also they're incredibly generous to so many great causes, uh, particularly in the state of Mississippi. Among those is Homes of Hope. So we were talking about just the distinction between free speech, just words, language, written or oral communication versus Destruction of property. Destruction of property or harming others or harassing others, intimidating, obstructing their activities is not free speech. Well, we got the situation at Harvard where a Jew Jewish student group is hiding their menorah during Hanukkah for fear of vandalism. So there's a rabbi that's basically saying that until we get to a point, I thought this was a really good way to kind of frame this issue, until we get to a point on the campus of Harvard where Jewish students don't have to hide their menorahs 
then you could say that the university, starting with the president, Claudine Gay, who has been retained, has received a vote of confidence from the Harvard Corporation Board of Directors to remain on as the president, despite her really bungled testimony on the Hill, when she takes appropriate action to protect these Jewish students from such acts of vandalism and harassment and intimidation and instruction, well, then I'd say she's moving in the right direction, that she's acted appropriately. But until then, just coming out with this rather weak apology and then participating in the lighting of a menorah on the center outside and on campus there. What'd you call it, Rhino? A tiki wand or something that she tiki was torch. using? Tiki torch. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Which looked totally ridiculous. What was the purpose of that? I mean, why'd you have to use that? Uh, is that more some uh, more of this crazy virtue signaling crap? Well, you would think it's the opposite because we were instructed after the Charlottesville rally for the white nationalists that everybody thinks Donald Trump praised, even though in the very next sentence he said, except for those guys. Yeah. The tiki torch became a symbol of white nationalism. Well, I guess then we could associate Ms. Gay with white nationalism since she used what the left has deemed a symbol of white nationalism in lighting a menorah. How unthoughtful of her. That's offensive. She needs to go to sensitivity training. <laughs> Unbelievable. It truly is. <clears throat> Wish we had blind justice also. We shall see if Hunter Biden gets the same treatment as Steve Bannon. That will be telltale. There's no doubt that there's lots of frustration that we all feel. I think any clear-thinking people feel about the double standard in applying laws in our country and and in the case of of these universities not necessarily law but it's codes of conduct that are established and published by the respective universities and they, they apply to everyone not just certain groups of people and that's the leftist selective application of their of, their, of law, of standards, of their radical ideology, honestly. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday about this Seattle high schooler that got their answers marked incorrect on a quiz. This was at Chief Self International High School. Failed the true-false quiz titled, you're going to love this one, Rhino, Understanding Gender Versus Sex in this Ethnic Studies World History class. What in the wide world of sports does that subject matter have to do with world history? I don't even care if it's ethnic studies. That has nothing to do with ethnicity. So you have to have a quiz. And it clearly, this is some left-wing wacko activist teacher who is seeking to brainwash and indoctrinate and thrust 
their radical ideology on 10th graders, even by having this quiz. The student labeled two statements true. The first one, that all men have penises. And the second, that only women can get pregnant. <clears throat> and in this particular 10th grade class, marking those in the affirmative would get you uh, a mark that causes you to fail the test. They're marked as incorrect answers. You said true. Only men have penises. Only women can get pregnant. No, no, no. You must understand. It's all based on how one identifies. Not their biological gender or sex, of course. Well, of course, that's the whole deal, right? They try to make the distinction between gender, which is how you think about your sexuality versus sex, which is more biological in nature. And they want you to understand there's a distinction between gender and sex. Incredible that this is occurring in a 10th grade high school. That we're even having such dumb quizzes. And it also asked, of course, did the quiz students about pronoun usage, of course. And gender as a construct. They love that word, don't they? Construct. It's a social construct. It's not really scientific. It has no scientific context. It's a social construct, gender. This is insanity. Oh, speaking of insanity, you seen this, Rhino? <laughs> Elon Musk tweeted. <clears throat> he showed a screenshot, Microsoft Word. A screenshot of using Microsoft Word. I don't know if this was his typing or not. But the word insane, it got flagged by Microsoft Word for failing to adhere to the concept of inclusiveness. <laughs> this term implies, I'm looking at the screenshot, and there's, of course, a dialogue box that pops up with the word insane highlighted. This term implies mental health bias. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well... I did find out, doing a little digging on this, this feature has actually been available in Microsoft Word since 2020, but you do have to to turn it on manually. It, it's not automatic. So if you want, I guess there's some feature in the settings of the application where you can set Word to flag language words used in documents as is violating or conflicting with DEI. Oh, yeah. That's just what I need in my is Microsoft it, Word. Is it labeled blowing bubbles and coloring book level writing? <laughs> because you got to be pretty dang simple-minded to worry about your biases when using the word insane. I totally agree. That into itself is insane. <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, my gosh just goes crazy but elon musk he tweeted it he would say of course he made a post on x but we're telling you that he tweeted it oh my gosh uh school choice in wisconsin has survived a legal challenge we'll get that uh, to that eventually 
on the program. We uh, we got an, uh, it's, it's good. We got another open segment. We'll get to that in the next segment. And then we got Chad Hill, the vice president and branch manager of Citizens Bank, joining middays. We're at the corner market on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're trying to collect toys for homes of hope for children. We got two big boxes out here awaiting you to deposit those toys. Come on by and see us. We're coming right back. Christmas once again. Okay, is everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbons on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's middays. We're at the Corner Market in Hattiesburg, Mississippi on Hardy Street. We're here to collect some toys for Homes of Hope for uh, Children. In the next segment, Chad Hill, Vice President and Branch Manager of Citizens Bank. we got Representative Missy McGee uh, coming on middays at 12.05. Toby Barker, the Mayor of Hattiesburg at 12.35. Mike Salden, the Chief Operating Officer of the Roberts Company will wrap up the day with us at uh, 12.50. Also, we want to let you know that today on In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, you'll hear an interview with singer-songwriter Hannah Connolly. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar is presented by Superior Catfish. Remember, there's catfish, then there is Superior Catfish. It's U.S. farm-raised catfish with homegrown flavor. Ask for it by name at your favorite store or restaurant. Go to superiorcatfish.com for more info. So, I, I'm still having a hard time getting over. I don't know that I ever will get over this idea that a high schooler gets graded off, gets marked incorrect answers to these two questions which are pretty obvious to clear-thinking people. This was on an understanding gender versus sex test in a world history class, which just indicates, of course, that we have a left-wing radical gender activist. The students, the, uh, repeat, I've got to repeat it because I really do think it's crazy and I think it's so symbolic of the wackiness that's going on in this country and honestly it uh... it it perfectly illustrates the degree to which the democrat party is beholden to these radicals two questions one true false questions all men have penises the student marked that particular true false question as true but the teacher however marked it as an incorrect answer. The other question, only women can get pregnant. The student, once again, correctly marked that true-false question as true. And the teacher marked it off. No, that's not true. Meaning, men can get pregnant. And all men don't actually have male genitalia. 
nuts that this is going on. No pun intended that this is going on in this country. Also, the Republicans have tapped Israeli military veteran Amazi Palip as the GOP candidate in a special election to replace George Santos. You know, he's been expelled from the U.S. House of Representatives for a long list of infractions and violations. And so the Republicans have picked this uh, honestly little-known county lawmaker. So in Nassau County, uh, the county is under a, a form of government that's a bit similar to what you have at the state level. And so they're going to have a special election to replace the ousted New York Congressman George Santos. This was, according to the party officials, in Nassau County. So Maisie Pellipe will face off against the Democrat former Congressman Tom Suozzi in a February 13th special election. This includes the northern parts of Queens and Long Island, does Nassau County. So we shall see. The uh, I, I don't recall this this other, this Democrat candidate, Tom Suozzi. I'm reading that Suozzi previous, previously represented the district for six years. Didn't know that. Democrat. So we'll see what happens. Of course, the Republicans' margin in the House of Representatives is dwindling even smaller than it was with the ouster of George Santos and then the rather unanticipated and sudden retirement in the middle of his term, Kevin McCarthy. Now, I was actually okay with McCarthy as a speaker, and I've got some news to share that I think falls in line with what we predicted, which is Mike Johnson's not getting anything done any different. In fact, now the Freedom Caucus, the really far right wing of the Republicans in the House, they're turning on him now. They're not happy, uh, especially after the National Defense Authorization Act passed. I feel like it's just more of the same. But I'm, I'm uh, upset, honestly, with Representative McCarthy. I'm taking my toys and going home. You're leaving your people unrepresented, Mr. McCarthy. You just ran and got elected, and now you're leaving in the middle of your term. I get it. You're unhappy because you were removed, but I believe you should stay put and do your duty and fulfill your obligation to the people who elected you and put you there. I, I don't. I certainly hope this doesn't become a, some sort of crazy trend. I hope not. But I, I I find that inappropriate, honestly. Sounds like Thomas and Greenwood believes he just ought to leave. Why, Thomas? So we have one less vote? Because that's what's going to happen. He would vote on the right side of legislation. I thought you were a person that was all about good policy. Well, it's kind of hard to get good policy implemented, enacted, when you don't have the numbers in the body to pass measures. And that's what's happening here. I still say, I assume that's who you're talking about. 
Wow. Why do you listen? You see this, Rhino? <laughs> don't promise what you don't intend to deliver. Who are you talking about? Him and Johnson. I, now, I agree with you on that. This is Thomas on the ceasefire Tesla. I agree with you on that, Thomas, and I've called folks out uh, who make these promises, these politicians, these candidates that they can't deliver. I'm okay with promising effort and, and focus and work on objectives, on measures, on policy. What I'm not okay with is 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 offering those as committed promises that you simply can't fulfill because you you don't really understand uh, the, the process or you seem to ignore the full process. Good news for the president, the former president, I should say. Man, he is killing it in the polls. And it's bad news, honestly, for uh, Biden. Trump leads in the swing states. This is where the presidency is won and lost. Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. That's uh, swing states, so-called swing states. Trump leads now in every single one of them. He leads overall 47 to 42 across cumulatively collectively i should say across all those states arizona by four georgia six michigan four nevada three north carolina nine pennsylvania two wisconsin four this was a poll conducted of four thousand nine hundred and thirty five registered voters in those states margin of error plus or minus one percentage point so this is not good news for the Biden camp and this is a most recent poll I mean if the election were held today Donald Trump would get more than 300 electoral votes he would win in what would be defined as a landslide uh, and I I don't see anything changing between now and then honestly I think he's a shoe-in for the nomination uh, of the on the Republican side the only if if Biden is the Democrat nominee, I think Trump will soundly defeat him. It, it, when you look at these polls, and I think these polls reflect the sentiment of Americans. They're just not feeling good about their situation. They're seeing what's happening at the border. They're seeing what's happening overseas. They're obviously not feeling good about their economic situation. Uh, I think they they see this this constant capitulation to the leftist woke policies and they just don't feel good about Joe Biden. But I would say top of that of all that list, I mean those are policy matters. But top of that list is the guy just doesn't appear to be fit to serve another term. That just gets more obvious. It's no disrespect to the president. It's a function of age. We're all headed there. I, I hope we all make it to that age and beyond, honestly. But the fact is, nature takes over, and I just don't think he's got it for another term. We're stepping aside for a break right now. When we come back, it is Chad Hill, Vice President and Branch Manager of Citizens Bank.
Weekdays with Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and when you walk down the street. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays from the Corner Market on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're trying to rustle up some toys here for Homes of Hope for Children. Got a big barrel and a big Super Talk Mississippi box inside the doors here at corner market waiting for you to bring some toys down and come by and and uh, see scary gary and me as well we welcome to the program now chad hill vice president and branch manager of citizens bank chad good to see you thanks for coming on absolutely thanks for having me so uh this homes of hope cause that um that corner market you guys others are, are involved in is really uh, a, such a worthy cause. It's so it's so important for us to uh, to take care of these these children uh, in need. So uh, hopefully that'll keep it going. You got me now. Can you hear? Can't hear me. No. Can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you, but you oh, can't, okay. You can't hear me though, right? Okay. So we were talking about homes of hope. Yep. What do that's you think right. about it's, that? I yeah. mean, it, you know. It's a it's a great charity that's that's been in our community for for quite some time now, and I mean serving serving children that um, uh, otherwise you know don't get the services that they need and don't don't have uh, you know the the home life that many of us um, are accustomed to or, or take for granted at times. And uh, it's just like I said, it's it's a it's an easy organization to support, and we're certainly happy to to be a part of. Absolutely. Of that. And they're they're very grateful for that, of course. Tell us what's going on uh, at the bank these days. How's the industry doing? How how's your your local branch doing? Yeah, you know, uh, for you know, for us here locally, Hattiesburg's a, you know, it's a great community to be in. There's there's uh, there's lots happening, and um, you know, uh, lots of. Uh, you know, lots of positive things to talk about uh, for Hattiesburg. For you know, um, this year's been an interesting year, I think, for for everybody. I mean, certainly we've seen um, some some uh, some trying economic times, but there seems to be some some pretty good reason to be optimistic about 2024. We had some pretty favorable inflation news and employment data recently, so uh, so yeah, I think there's uh, you know things things are good for for us at the bank and. And uh, and hopefully you know we're all set up for a good 2024. Yeah, of course uh, the the interest rate situation ha- has been uh, trying really for the economy overall. But the Fed's goal was to try to rein in inflation, and it appears that for the most part that has occurred. We got inflation news this week that showed that uh, both CPI and the producer price index had, had moderated. And then Chairman Powell came out kind of unexpectedly Wednesday and said. We may be pivoting and starting to reduce rates next year and the year after, and the markets, of course, were enamored with that. We we saw Absolutely, a couple yeah. of really big days on the Dow, all the indexes actually. So, uh, what what does it look like? What are you guys expecting into next year with respect to maybe an, an uptick in, in in your lending activities? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that is kind of what we what we expect. I mean, if we if we can, I think everybody is just happy to see that maybe 
maybe rates are are are, are not going to be going up yeah, uh, yeah. In, in the immediate future and and certainly hopefully that's the case and then the idea obviously of of rates maybe decreasing a little bit next year certainly is really positive and would would certainly help a lot of folks you know you mentioned the, the stock market having a really positive reaction the other day one of the one of the other areas that had a positive reaction was the treasury market which can yeah. affect mortgage rates exactly uh, we saw those rates rates fall uh, to a level they haven't been at in a, in a little while so hopefully uh, you know if we see you know, if we see mortgage moder- uh, rates moderate just a bit um, I still think there's a lot of people that that are interested in in buying a home or or, or you know selling and buying a new one that that, that might spur some activity there. So like yeah. I said I think there's a lot of a lot of good things uh, teed up for us in 24. When I checked earlier this morning, the 10 year had fallen below four. Yeah, I think it was uh, last I saw it was somewhere 390 something. Yeah. Uh, which you know it was it was close to five uh, a few weeks ago and. Um, uh, you know, like I said, that just that has a that has an effect on on consumers and things that we we spend our we spend our money on. Like I said, primarily our yeah. our, our home home purchases and prices. So, well, uh, but the Hattiesburg community overall, the Pine Belt here seems to be uh, thriving. Seems to be doing really well. Hattiesburg's doing really well. Like I said, we we have a, a really dynamic economy here. We've got we've got several you know key employers across different industries you know with with the universities the the, the medical and healthcare yeah. industry um, as well as some industrial and and then you know the, the the Camp Shelby military base so we've got a we got a lot of things here um, kind of pulling in the right direction and uh, uh, like I said a lot to be happy about good place to be in the banking business absolutely <laughs> absolutely we Sam, are happy to be here appreciate you coming on Ho- hope you have a merry christmas uh, thanks for all you do for the community in particular Homes of Hope, uh, always good to see you. Appreciate you being with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Chad Hill, Vice President and Branch Manager of Citizens Bank. It is top of the hour. We're already at noon. That means it's time for Fox News and a Super Talk News. On the other side of the break, it's Missy McGee, a member of the Mississippi House of Representatives. And then we got the mayor of Hattiesburg, Toby Barker. We're coming right back. That keeps Mississippi talking. That's what I like to listen to. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's hour three of middays. We are live in the Element Well studio today, relocated to the corner market on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, on this Friday, y'all. <laughs> Rhino safe and sound. 
Back in the producer's booth at Super Talk headquarters, we're pleased to welcome to the program now Representative Missy McGee. She represents a District 102, which includes Forest and Lamar counties, uh, serves as the Vice Chair of Public Health and Human Services in the House of Representatives. Good to see you there, Representative McGee. Good to see you too, Gerard. Thanks for coming back to Hattiesburg. You're a part of, you're a Hattiesburg Christmas tradition. Absolutely. You are. Fully enjoy it. Uh, the folks here, the Roberts Company. Uh, of Corner Market. They're such good people, such Indeed. generous people. Long Give back time to the Hattiesburg community. family. Big um, time, yeah. So, um, but we're grateful to have you. We're grateful for you to be here and promote the Homes of Hope. Um, uh, that that box is getting full over there. I just good saw see. somebody drop a toy in there. And so, um, thanks for being here. Yeah, glad, glad to be here and glad to be a part of this. The Homes of Hope, such a great organization that Absolutely. does such important work, of course. But it's, it's so gratifying to see something you and I know as, as Mississippians, that Mississippians are just generous. Always. Most generous, so generous. state. No, no question about it. And um, certainly here in Hattiesburg, we've got some great folks who always want to give back to the community, and we're seeing that today right right here at, in the corner market. Absolutely. So, you know, the a good gauge, I think, of, of uh, economic activity and economic strength in a community would be the traffic. <laughs> so the traffic was a bit congested on my way in this morning. So I, I, I don't see that as a negative. I see that as a positive. Oh, we love it. We love it. Um, Hattiesburg is uh, is really a retail hub uh, for the surrounding area, and and certainly here at Christmas time, it, it gets a little congested. And um, but but we're happy to to see that all of our businesses are really bustling right now. Folks coming in to finish their. Christmas shopping, um, and, and you know, we really draw from really all around South Mississippi. So, um, not only shopping, but we've got a lot of fun things going on, a lot of Christmas activities. Our zoo right now has Lights of the Wild, which is a beautiful um, Christmas um, program that we have um, through the end of the month. I think it sells out every night. Um, downtown Hattiesburg has got lights. We've got our pocket museum down that's making snow every night. So, um, there's a lot of fun Christmas activities in addition to all the shopping that's going on. Absolutely. Good to hear. But uh, Hattiesburg, a very important uh, community, as is the entire Pine Belt to the state of Mississippi. We're glad to be here. So uh, let's turn our attention a bit uh, to politics. We're less than a month. You yes, guys are going to be convening Can down you believe there. It? January second. <laughs> Every coming year up. it's like it's right around <laughs> the corner. So uh, you guys will be down there at the Capitol uh, from this from this location up there at the Capitol. That's right. Uh, but what, what do you see? What's on the horizon? Um, we got, uh, obviously, a new speaker coming in. That's it, right. It looks like right now that's going to be uh, Jason White. will succeed Speaker of the House uh, Philip Gunn in that regard. We'll probably have some new committee assignments. Your thoughts? Well, you're right. I think the most um, interesting and exciting thing as of um, today from the from the get-go of the session is that the House will be under new leadership for the first time in 12 years and um, we're, like you said, um, it it will be Jason White, although the, the actual official vote has not been taken and won't be until the morning of yeah. or till noon on January 2nd. But um, but Jason White will be our next speaker. I think we're um, we're looking forward to that. Um, change is always exciting. Um, sometimes can be scary, but exciting um, for sure. We all think a lot of Jason. He's a great leader, and I think will do really really great things. Um, as far as um, what the makeup of the house is going to look like. I don't believe any of us really know yet. It, um, 
you know, with, with new leadership, sometimes um, chairmanships change, sometimes committees change, and so I'm sure we'll see some of that. But um, that remains to be seen right now. Yeah. Uh, and a number of new members as well, of we course, because we're starting a brand new term. Yep, so we got a new speaker and a lot of new members. We do. First year of a new term. Um, you know, the first year of a new term is 120 days, not just 90. <laughs> so we will be there until the end That's of April. Right. I told somebody the other day, I'm, right. I'm going to have to have a whole new wardrobe of clothes. I'm going to start deep winter and end up in, in, in summertime nice. almost. So, um, But I think we're excited to get back. Yeah. It's kind of like starting a, a new school year. You're ready to get back and see everybody and yeah. see your friends and, and see, you know, what, what um, you know, what we can do for the people of Mississippi to, to make things um, make things better for our hometown and for the, um, for the state as a whole. Energized, optimistic, turning over a new leaf, refreshed, renewed, all the above, that's reinvigorated. Right. That's, no, no uh, that's the promise. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, well, uh, so do you think, like, that you're going to continue to serve on your present committee with uh, health services? Um, I so? certainly hope that I will continue to, to get okay. to be on the public health committee. Certainly, yeah. I enjoy um, health care, and I've got some, some things that I would like to work on for um, with regard to public health in Mississippi. Um, I think that, that we've got a lot of work that we can do to, um, to get us off the bottom of some lists that we don't want to be on the bottom of, um, yeah. particularly maternal health info. I mean, maternal um, mortality, infant mortality. We're on the, we are the the top on that both those lists, and that's that's not a list we want to be on top on. I'd like yeah. to see us move the needle on that. We also have the shortest life expectancy of any state in the nation, and I don't want us to be there. We should not be there. And so I'd like to have the opportunity to, to continue to work with my colleagues to see if we can um, hopefully change that. And um, and I think the time is is right. And I do think Jason has also indicated that you know everything's on the table with regard to health care this year. And so hopefully we can make some good positive changes to. Um, to give our our citizens access to health care, um, and um, so we'll we'll see where that takes us this year. That's a good point you make there, Representative McGee. That that uh, health is more than just health, economic, and and other policy. It's about uh, better health outcomes. We want Absolutely. to have a healthier population. How do we achieve that? And that ought to be the goal. That that's exactly right. You know, this um, this week CMS approved um, the the governor's uh, plan to really provide um, greater funding for hospitals, yep. and that's real money. And I'm in a big medical community here in Hattiesburg, and that's really good news for the for my hospitals, but for our hospitals across the straight state, and certainly our rural hospitals, which have been struggling. So that is great news for hospitals. Big news for hospitals. Yep. Uh, more money to our hospitals, but that's only one piece of the puzzle. You know. Um, we have got to find a way to provide um, health care for our um, our working people of Mississippi. And so I am hopeful that we will, um, you know, be able to have some real good and um, and robust conversations about how to do that. And because um, a healthier population allows people to ultimately be um, more successful in life, um, you know, hopefully get out of poverty, those that are struggling in those areas, and um, certainly, you know, go to work, go to school, and um, and we that's what we we owe that to our population. And so I'm hoping that we will find some some solutions. To well, those in my problems. discussions with uh, Representative White, uh, he's got a very aggressive agenda, as you probably are aware, and he. Does. he um, <laughs> He, he's, he's coming in. He's ready to hit the ground running and address a number of issues. And, of course, health care is, is one of those top priorities. Right. 
um, he's indicated that all ideas ought to be on the table. And I, I know the, the you can't really talk about health care policy without discussing Medicaid expansion. And that is usually what we mean when we talk about extending coverage to the, uh, the working poor in our, in our state. And uh, he's indicated that that as well should be part of the discussion and on the table. He has. He said everything's on the table for a discussion. So I appreciate that. Our folks that are working in Mississippi but cannot afford insurance or their comp or their business does not provide health care insurance, um, we want to give them an option to have um, access to, to health care. So, um, so I'm looking forward to those conversations. It should be interesting. Yeah, and, and, and again, he uh, he's not shut the door on anything, and, and uh, re we should allow all discussion of, of, of all ideas, all points of view, and, and to try to uh, devise some solutions to address our, our most pressing issues. You know, something that I, I kind of felt like was unfinished in the last two, um, or, or really unattained in the last two sessions that we need to address is this ballot measure. I agree 100%, and I knew that's what you were about to say. I'm, <laughs> because I think, we tried, and we hadn't been able to get it over We the have, line. and I think yeah. um, for the past two years when, when I've been on your show, this, we brought up that subject, and I am completely yeah. I am absolutely in favor of that, and I'm really hoping that we can um, be successful in making that happen this session. It's time. Our people want that. The citizens of Mississippi want that, and um, it's, it's time for us to um, make that happen. It's, are you hearing from your constituents, hey, Representative McGee, we need to get this thing uh, back in the hands you of You know, people. I have since we lost it a few years yeah. ago. Right now, that might not be the top thing yeah. I'm hearing about, but I certainly um, believe that they are supportive of that, and um, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to make that happen. And I um, I believe that Jason White has also said that, that it's time for us to take care of that this year. Yeah, I, I think the challenge is uh, getting something the House and the Senate can agree to. I agree. Yes, yeah. that's right. We passed it. The House has passed it. I know. And then it got hung up. I know. So I'm hoping we can we can get it all the way through. We got to go, but if you can hang around, we can talk some more. We got okay. a couple more topics. Okay. okay. Representative sure. Missy McGee right. is our guest. We're coming right back at the Corner Market in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He interrupt this program. Gerard Gibbert. Here we go. This is huge, huge, huge news. Huge, huge, huge news. Huge. You need to listen to this. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk, Mississippi. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Then why are they listening? We're, we are back on the Element Wealth in the Element Wealth Studio with the Corner Market in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We've got Representative uh, Missy McGee. So we were just doing a rundown of all the stuff we're going to be taking up. We feel in the next uh, legislative session and even in the next legislative term. And you pointed out something that I, I bet a lot of our audience doesn't know. And as soon as you said it. Um, I remembered it because of the debate over increasing legislative pay. And that is, you work an extra month in the first year of the term. You do. And so when you do the math on what that 
that adjustment would have looked like, you had to incorporate that. I don't think anybody is in this business um, for the for the pay, no, Gerard. I'll tell I, you. I agree. So, um, but yes, we do have an extra month in the first year of a new term just to get our business together, yeah. and especially when new leadership is coming in, which we will have new leadership. The Senate obviously does not. Yeah. But um, so it might take a few extra weeks for um, you know the new speaker to organize committees for. Um, any new chairman to kind of get their feet under them. And so I can see where it takes a little um, extra time. And who knows, we may be able to actually shorten the session a yeah. little bit. Yeah, you, so, don't, you don't have to stay we do uh, not. the whole time, we right? Do not. You get your business done and, and uh, all wrapped up through the required necessary procedures That's right. to conduct a session. You can sign your die and take off. We, we can, yeah. so maybe we'll, so we might end up a little, little ending, we may wrap up a little bit sooner than 120 days, but that's how many days we have, so that's, that's right. the end of April. All right, so we, we've uh, we've talked about health care, and that, of course, uh, is something that you've been heavily involved in, uh, in chairing uh, the committee, the Public Health and Human Services Committee. We talked about that, and there's going to be some work done there. It's, it's no secret that that I don't think anybody can deny that there are issues both with the health of our population and in the, the health care economy in the state of Mississippi, the health care ecosystem. Both of those need to be addressed in some way. So we've talked about that. We've talked about the, the ballot uh, measure, uh, the citizen-initiated ballot measure, that there, there are calls, I think, overall from the public to reinstate that. We're without one right now. Let's talk about an issue that nobody wants to talk about, and that's PERS, the Public Employees Retirement System. Again, uh, I think everybody is aware that there is uh, there are some financial headwinds and difficulties that the program is facing, and that the PERS board and the legislature has got to come together to devise some solutions to that. It's real simple, as I've said so many times on the program. You got to have more coming in, less going out, or a combination of the two. That's right. Something in between, but there does feel like there's an appetite to get serious about doing something. I know the PERS board has been imploring the legislator and in, uh, the legislature, in particular the leaders, uh, and the leaders of the respective uh, financial committees, and of course the leaders of the chambers. Guys, we got to do something here. So I, I think there's going to be some work done there. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, you know, we um, we had discussions last year and um, on PERS, and we sort of uh, hit pause a little bit to take a deeper look on at some things. But I think without a doubt that this year we're going to have to, um, you know, really tackle the issue of PERS. And really, we we know there's a problem. The solution to that problem, I think, is complicated, and we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but yeah. we know that there needs to be a change um, in the system to maintain the fiscal health of the program. And we want, obviously, our um, retirees to have a secure in, uh, retirement system for those retirees that are in the, right now that are retired and then those in the future. So we can't, I don't believe we can kick this, this um, down the road any further and you know like you were kind of hinting at it's really it's complicated but it's also just math it's yeah, just a, it math, it's it's math. a math problem right. and um we know that the number of active members in um in the in purge have declined while the number of retirees have increased that's right and so um i think that we're going to have to take um a super hard look at this i think it'll probably be one of the things that you'll hear out of the legislature um 
um, from the from the start. This will early be one, on. This will be an early uh, early discussion, and we know that it's something that we finally will have to deal with. Um, like I said, we know there is a problem. We know that we cannot pass along or continue to increase the um, percentage of our employers' contributions, our cities and our counties, our school districts. Um, they they cannot uh, maintain that that level of contribution. Um, you know the I think the PERS board recommended ultimately an increase of 10 percent. And so over five years. That's, that's right. right. And mm -hmm. so um, our our cities and our counties, our schools districts cannot afford that and so the only way to um, if, if for them to take on that would either be to um, lay off people cut services or raise taxes yeah. I mean that's so it's going to get you one way or the other right so um, so I don't know what the solution is I mean really I think that we're gonna all have to have take I mean it's gonna be some some very hard discussions and I, I'm assuming that the solution will be a combination of things to um, to shore up the, the program yeah I, I expect that as well and, and I wanted to say something uh, that and, and certainly not trying to speak on your behalf but universally what I've heard from lawmakers is that there, there's no intention uh, and, and no desire to change benefits, to adjust benefits in any dramatic way whatsoever on current uh, recipients and, and even those that are within a reasonable period of time approaching retirement. So that, that's not viewed as, as part of a viable solution. You're absolutely correct. No one wants to, um, no one wants to, to do that. So um, you're right. I mean, yeah. look, we're all in the system, too. Yeah, absolutely. So we certainly understand that. All right, let's talk about taxes. Of course, uh, Speaker of the House Philip Gunn, this was a high priority of his, was to fully eliminate the income tax. We didn't get that done. Uh, we got kind of what I call a down payment on that. We got partial tax reform, of course, phasing out already the 4% bracket and now uh, moving the 5% bracket down to four over three years is is where we stand right now. Uh, but that's that's short, of course, of full tax elimination. That does also seem to be something that's bigger the house or, or likely to be bigger the house. Jason White would like to get done as well. Of course, the governor has stated that is his top priority. Well, you're, yes, and yes, the governor has. You know, we, we had the largest tax cut in the state's history in 2022. It has not been fully phased in yet. Um, I think that it is possible that we may start um, knocking off a percent at a time, perhaps, as we can go forward in the next couple of years. Yep. Um, you know, for states, I believe that for states that actually collect a state income tax, that we have the largest tax exemption in the nation. So, um, but yes, I mean, I think that there, there are, there certainly is an interest in continuing to knock off, um, you know, to, to, to reduce that tax burden um, on our, our citizens in the state of Mississippi. Um, I think we have to be careful when we do that. You know, the past several years we have, um, cash has been, the state is in fan really great finance, um, fiscal state right now. Yeah. But we are also starting to see a narrowing between the estimate and the actual revenue that's, that's right. coming in. That's right. So we had a lot of cash that flew into the state um, as a result of COVID from the feds. And um, we have seen numbers that will obviously we've never seen before in the state of Mississippi in our yep. history. But we are starting to see that slow just a bit. Yep. And so I think that we need to be cautious when we are making these decisions. And um, so we'll see where that goes. Well, the, the good news, is that I, and I applaud the legislature and 
and certainly uh, state leadership as well for not spending all that money. Yes. I mean, so that's why we had this great uh, financial condition and this this surplus and and these cash reserves. All all of our various funds are flush there. So yes, I mean, it's it, good. We're, we're in a good position. We're yeah. in a very good position, and I and I'm very proud of that. So, um, you know, we are um, taking in more than we're spending. Yeah. And so. Um, Turning that back to the people of Mississippi is certainly a discussion that uh, um, I'm, I feel like we'll be having. Anything else that is kind of a, a personal priority for you in the time we got remaining? Well, you know, my priority, number one priority, is always to the people of Hattiesburg. Sure. And so, and so what, what those needs are here, um, I'm a univer I, I represent a university, the University of Southern Mississippi. Yep. I have a big medical community. Um, so... Uh, so the needs of Hattiesburg are, are first and foremost to me, but but um, in a broader sense, we talked about those um, at the top of the last segment. Yeah. Um, I think that I would really like to work on um, moving the needle on infant mortality and maternal mortality. You know, um, we we say a lot about that. You know, we're proud of the fact that we overturned Roe. That Mississippi was the case that overturned Roe. But I don't believe that we can just say that and move on. I, I think that we have a responsibility to moms and babies in um, in this state. And so, um, I'd really like to work on that over the just the next term and um, and see if we can't get better numbers um, in in that area. Yeah, absolutely so. makes sense. So, Representative McGee, appreciate you so much for Thank coming you. by and joining us today. Enjoyed the conversation. I I'm sure too. I'll be seeing you down at the Capitol absolutely. when you guys get down there. But between now and then, I hope you and your family have a very Merry Christmas, a uh, Happy Christmas. New Year. And all Merry the, Christmas all to you, too, and thanks for being back in Hattiesburg. We always enjoy having you here. Always a pleasure. We're stepping aside for a break right now, folks. Once again, we're at the Corner Market in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Up next, the mayor of Hattiesburg, Toby Barker. Every Christmas Gerard Gibbert going beyond the headlines breaking down the stories that matter to Mississippi Middays with Gerard on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. It's Middays. We're live today in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, at the Corner Market. We're here for Homes of Hope. We need some toys. We got uh, a big old barrel to my left and a big box to my right situated between the entry doors into the corner market on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, and that's what they're here for, some some uh, stuffed animal toys. Bring them on down for the kids at Homes of Hope. We welcome to the program now the mayor of Hattiesburg, Mayor Toby Barker. Always good to see you, Mayor. Thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming to our city. So uh, I just remarked to Representative Missy McGee, who of course represents the area, that uh, en route today from uh, Jackson, uh, you can always tell a lot, I think, a good measure, a good gauge of uh, economic robustness is the traffic. And the traffic was, was uh, robust, to say the least, which is really good for the city of Hattiesburg. I need you to tell all my residents that now. <laughs> it is. It's the truth. I mean, well, I understand. People complain about... 
congested traffic, but the alternative is much worse, honestly. Well, now, maybe it needs, we need to expand the road system somewhat, but that ain't cheap, and you need, you need money to do that, as you're well aware. But then nobody wants to uh, pay any taxes for that. They want you to just figure out a way to make that happen with um, what amounts to fairly limited funding in many cases. Uh, but but uh, congratulations, honestly, because that that means that the city's thriving. It's doing well. That's the main point. There. Absolutely, and we've I think we've set sales tax records for 28 out of the last 36 months. Wow, yeah, which is very uh, very good for our economy. We've seen uh, new retail open up. We've got several new restaurants just in the last three or four months, and so uh, the holidays are a very good time as we, we are a city that gets the plurality of our revenue from sales tax. Yeah, yeah. Some you're right. There, the, the two sources of revenue: property taxes, sales tax revenue. Uh, it's, some it's fairly split. Some get more from property than than retail, uh, sales tax. But because you have such a thriving retail uh, environment, uh, it makes sense then that most of your revenue would come from that. So, and you've got lots of expansion and construction in that arena as well. Now we're good. I mean, it's 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 a really exciting time to be in Hattiesburg. We've got a really thriving downtown. We'll be opening our water park uh, near Camper Park and our zoo uh, next spring, uh, which will bring more people in and they'll hopefully eat meals maybe stay a night here uh, we've got the jones capital headquarters that should be opening up at the end of next year and so just a really exciting time to be here whether from a employer base or just from the a retail offering space yeah uh, and then just public amenities that we're able to put that money back into yeah well it's good stuff so um, a lot of good stuff happening here in south mississippi and in particular here in hattiesburg right in the heart of the pine belt so um, what what's on your radar? We were just talking to Representative Missy McGee. We got the legislature coming back in session. I know um, you serve as the uh, the president. Is that the title? The president of the Mississippi Municipal League, which means you represent all of the mayors and all the municipalities um, as a, an association, if you will, and and uh, therefore it is incumbent upon you to kind of be the chief messenger for the needs of of our cities and municipality. Uh, municipality. So what's on your radar going into the next session? What are you going to be talking to the legislature about? Anything in particular? I think most of the, the our issues center on the idea of money for infrastructure. The legislature has been great about giving us over the last few sessions. Uh, guarding our financial flanks, particularly when it comes to state retirement and homestead exemption. Uh, and then also just preserving home rule and giving cities the ability to go govern themselves uh, as opposed to having managed from the state or federal government upon us. Okay. But, but the biggest one right now, of course, as everyone's talked about, is is the PERS liability going forward. Yeah. Yeah, and we've discussed that uh, quite a bit. You, you know, I've made a point to ask uh, every lawmaker, every state leader about uh, the issue and, of course, wrote an extensive article about it as well, mainly just to call attention to it. This is not that folks didn't know it was a problem, but I, I kind of wanted to inform the the public that this is a serious problem and and it needs to be addressed and the longer we push it out the the more serious and and on, honestly the the more um, severe are the adjustments that have to be made to get the thing back on track from a municipality's perspective uh, the the big challenge is that different from the state when it comes to state agencies increase let's say in the employer contribution they just appropriate more money from the general fund to those agencies to cover that it's just part of their compensation expenses and their overall budget for the agency you don't have that luxury at the municipal level we don't we have one place to get it and that's either from the economic growth that we experience or it's going to our uh, taxpayers and ask them to cover the cost and so yeah. the, the the big 
liability for all of us, whether you're a, a, a city or a county or a school district or you live in an area where you have to answer to all three, Yeah, uh, is that the, when the employer contribution goes up, which is what the employers for the city, county, school district pay into for each of their employees, when that goes up, that money has to come from somewhere. And so right now we're on a three-year trajectory to go from 17.4 to 22.4. And for Hattiesburg, that's about $1.5 million of new money. For the county, it's about the same. For the school district, it's a little bit higher than that. So, you know, if, if this lowering the assumed rate of return to 7%, if that really translates like they say it's going to translate, they're saying the employer contribution can go to 17.4, which it is now, all the way to 27. Correct. And if that happens, guaranteed the residents of this state will be seeing property tax increases at the city, county, and school district level. And I think residents understanding and even retirees of the system understanding that they could be getting hit three times should cause them to really weigh decisions that are made at the state capitol this year and yeah. when i was in the house uh, there were certain issues that were totally off the table that you didn't even talk about because they were so politically volatile um, i think that that mood is changing given the unfunded liability that keeps mounting uh, for for PERS, and so we're up to I think over 20 billion right now. If 20 billion unfunded. And yep. so, uh, I, I think that when people realize that hey, this may last my lifetime, but it won't be here for my kids and grandkids, I think people are open to some conversations that maybe they couldn't have uh, five or ten years ago. Yeah, all that's true. And uh, the math that I did, it works out that uh, every five percentage point increase. Uh, represents uh, a cost to the taxpayers. I'm talking about at all levels of government of about 350 million dollars. Yeah, and I think it's 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 naive to think, well, hey, the legislature can just appro appropriate more money. I mean, maybe this year, but we're already seeing some of the sales tax growth that we've yeah. seen is starting to level out starting at the state level. level. And yeah. so, to, to think that you're going to suddenly see uh, the legislature be able to take on a 304 million dollar hit every year against a system that is now set up to go under. That's right. I mean, we, you, you, we have to own the fact that in 1999, when the legislature passed a 3% COLA mandated every year during an election year, that maybe that wasn't the most politically Com compounded. sustainable Let's thing. point out, compounded. That's right. And so I think if people would own that fact, and suddenly the, their, their openness to other options uh, gets a little wider. It, uh, I, I don't think that folks realize that that was really setting the program on a path to insolvency is really what it's doing. I, not next year. I don't want to scare anybody, but but you got to think long-term when you're planning out programs like this because it is, it is based on long-term actuarial estimates, and, and if you don't plan long-term, by the time you get to that point where you, you can't make ends meet, it's too dang late. Uh, or you got to come up with a lot of money you don't have, honestly. Well, so. and, and in general, a, a, a rule of thumb is if we're making long-term policy decisions during election years, probably not a good idea. <laughs> exactly. All right, so what else is on your radar in a couple of minutes we got left you're going to talk to the legislature about? Well, I think we're going to continue the conversation about things that go into infrastructure, whether it's continued funding of emergency road and bridge, um, getting the small municipalities grant funding back, um, you know, talking about sale, increase in sales tax diversion, particularly if we're having to bear the full brunt of uh, this PERS, yeah. of this PERS thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I think just making sure that when when bills are introduced, that lawmakers understand that they really don't need to tie the hands of their local elected officials because that is the government closest to the people. Yeah. And people need to be able to make laws and pass ordinances in their city that make their city safer and that take care of the people in that municipality. Yeah. 
All right. So, uh, August, uh, your representation uh, from this area in the legislature is, is pretty strong. We do. We've, we've got uh, great representation, of course, Representative McGee. Uh, uh, the representation of House District 102 when she was elected went way up uh, yeah. from the previous guy. Yeah. Um, and, That's right. And then having uh, <laughs> Senator Chris Johnson and uh, Representative Percy Watson, who was elected before I was born. Uh, we've got some really good long-term uh, leadership in Forest County. Then you've got some real up-and-comers with Kent McCarty and, yeah. uh, and Jansen Owen Jansen, in, yeah. in Lamar County. And just really smart, energetic, who will work hard. and. And so I, I think anytime you have a new term, particularly the new speaker coming in, and, yep. and it, it represents a real opportunity for new things. And, and Jason White, um, I think Mississippians will be super proud of their speaker. He, he's, he served, uh, he came in a, a term after me, but he's been a great friend. Um, he's, he's got common sense. He's conservative, but he also understands that po policy is complex. And he's got a real strong, uh, having worked in lots of different policy areas, and he's going to make uh, Mississippi a great Speaker of the House. That's a good way to put it. It is complex, and it's nuanced, and it's uh, there are no one-size-fits-all to these complicated problems right. that uh, we're, we're addressing these days. Mayor, always good to see you, sir. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope you have a, uh, a great Christmas, a new year, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon, especially once that legislature gets going. I'll be anxious to get your take on their deliberations on PERS. Awesome. Merry Appreciate Christmas. It. Yes, sir. Thank you. We're coming right back, folks. We're in the Element Well studio at the Corner Market in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Mike Souden, the chief operating officer of the Roberts Company, that's the parent company of Corner Market, is up next. Gerard Gibbert. He keeps his classified documents right where they belong. Inside a Journey record jacket from the 1980s. Gerard Gibbert. Super Talk Mississippi. Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul. Welcome back everyone. Rhino keeping us entertained and putting us in the Christmas spirit today with all the great Christmas tunes. Appreciate that, Rhino. Once again, we're at Corner Market on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We're here to support Homes of Hope for Children. We need you to bring by some toys. We got the big tub and the box out here right inside the Corner Market entrance, and, and uh, we need you to come on out and help us. We got the Chief Operating Officer of the Roberts Company, the parent company of Corner Market, Mike Salden. Mike, I uh, appreciate you so much for including us in the event today. Brisk business today, that's good. Uh, it's, it's good to see everybody kind of in the Christmas spirit. Once again, I'm always impressed by the interaction of your team with the customers. They're so courteous and respectful. That's why they keep coming back. But we appreciate uh, you being uh, with us today, and in particular, we appreciate the Roberts Company's support of Homes of Hope for Children. Well, we're, we're glad you're here. This is something, as I said, we look forward to every year, and Homes of Hope is just an absolutely fantastic thing to support. I encourage anybody out there 
uh, look it up, read about it, see what they do for these children, and it's just—I mean, it just—it'll warm your heart to give back. And uh, please come bring a toy. If you don't want to bring a toy, they—they they always are in need of uh, any kind of food staples. It's just—it's—it's it's such a great thing. I appreciate you including us. This is this is important to our company. It's awesome. You know, you think about. Uh, those of us that were blessed and fortunate, honestly, to have uh, a functional home and a stable childhood and, and, and good, loving parents, you only go through that once. You can't go back and, and retake it. You only get it once. And so time is running, and that's why it's so important that folks like Homes of Hope and, and, the, uh, and the parents, uh, the house parents, uh, come in and, and try to inject some some normalcy and some stability in the lives you know, of these you kids. You think about it. What all they want is what a lot of us take for granted. You know, they want to they want to be with their family and have a meal. Yeah. They, they want to you know ha they want to celebrate the holidays and they want some food. That's amazing. I mean, my goodness, it's it'll it'll get you choked up when you think about it. These are these are fine fine people. The kids are wonderful. They they're asking for a second chance in life because they didn't get a first chance. Uh, and really, we started getting involved in Homes of Hope, Mr. Robert Sr. This was a this was a labor of love for him. So it, you know, it's in his memory that we do this every year. We love doing it, but I always think about him. That that, that was probably the most generous man I'd ever met in my life. And That's uh, awesome. This was important to him, so we make sure we keep it up. Well, good people that that uh, have been rewarded by their communities always give back and that's why i think they keep getting rewarded honestly yeah, we it just realize, works out that way we realize that uh, the community is what it's all about our yeah. people is what it's all about and you know we we work here we live we, we we live here this is this is we're part of this and it's important to us so yeah, thank you awesome. for including us in this well the stores always look great and uh like i said before uh, the rush started i walked around it's so well stocked so neat so clean so well organized it's just a pleasure I know for folks to, to shop uh, at the corner market, and that's a testament to uh, your management team and, of course, your people. Our people. Our people is what makes the difference. And please come see us this holiday season. We're ready. We have anything and everything you want. We've got friendly people, and this is our time of year. We look forward to it. All year leads up to this, so please come see us. And you told us earlier that uh, no supply chain challenges. Nope. It certainly doesn't look like it to me no. when I walked around. We're, we're back in business full swing. So <laughs> that's good. It's, it's not, yeah, thank goodness, because it's been a challenge <laughs> the last couple of years. But, yeah, there's a, there's there's uh, we're in great shape, and we just look forward to serving our communities. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, so, any, anything we need to know about the hours uh, of operations through the holidays well, you want to uh, share? We'll be open until six o'clock on Christmas Eve. Okay. Christmas Day we're closed. We want our sure. we want our folks to be uh, with their families. Sure. So, but yeah, we'll be we'll be wide open till till Christmas uh, Eve till six o'clock. So. And, and we will be in stock. The shelves won't be empty. Don't worry. You know, just come on, get come get what you want because we've got it. I promise you. Are you seeing before we go here, Mike? You seeing any kind of um, uh, consumer habits in terms of, of selections? Any changes in that with the economic situation? So yeah, well, obviously, people are are paying attention to what they're buying more than ever. Uh, it, that that has changed. But you know what's funny when it comes to the holidays. It, people pull out all well, the sure, time. This is, this is their th this is their time to celebrate with their families, and uh, so it, it's pretty traditional. Yeah, it, it really is. Okay, uh, we have to we have to pay attention to what they want. Sure, but, 
Yeah, it's pretty traditional. Yeah, I mean, you you got to respond to the market and trends and Absolutely. buying preferences, of course. Absolutely. Uh, but that's good to hear. So people for for the holidays. Uh, yeah, there isn't a there isn't a, a, a marked. Oh my gosh, you know they're they're changing how they're shopping yeah. now. People yeah. people want meals with their families sure. for the holidays. Well, once again, it's Homes of Hope for Children, folks. That's what it's all about. We have enjoyed being at the Corner Market today. You just heard from Mike Souden, the Chief Operating Officer of the Roberts Company, the parent company of the Corner Market. And that's it for us today. We appreciate you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back in the Element Well studio at Supertalk headquarters on Monday. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Until then, stay safe and God bless everyone. Talk Mississippi Media Production.